and welcome to the next episode of Beside Ourselves. What episode number is this? 62. Oh my God. This is our last episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, no, but we will be taking a break after this episode, listeners, just for two weeks. We need a two-week break, okay? It's a two-week vacation. Call it spring break for us. But we'll be yeah, back with some really fun episodes. Yeah, ideas. it's spring break. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, we're taking a spring break. God, I haven't had a spring break in a long time. <laughs> did you ever Did you ever actually go on spring break? You know how like people would yeah. go down to like Texas or Florida? Or... I went on two. One... I went with my mom and brother down to Florida. It was my senior year. And I remember it because the main thing I remember is the whole way down, I listened to Unwritten Law and uh, Alanis Morsex, who's the only two CDs I brought in accidents. Oh, yeah. So I, I think put I put them on repeat. <laughs> I, I heard that story before. <laughs> and then another time I went it's down ironic. to college. And the dudes I went down with, it was Sienna Heights, and they. They broke into the Monster Energy machine in the lobby and stole a whole bunch of Monster Energy drinks. And I didn't want anyone else to drive my car. So I just drove all night, like all day, all night, you know, 24. It's a pretty long trip to Florida from here. Yeah. And I pounded energy drinks and I was like waking people up in the middle of the night. Like, I think I see bears when we were going through the mountains, but there's no bears. I think I was just like on a crazy energy drink kick. Was that kid uh, Alex in that little uh, group? Was that his name, Alex? Alex, uh, Bob. I don't know if you remember Bob. Like, do you remember that whole group? I Let's barely remember Alex. Alex is like the one that I really that like sticks out in my brain, and I wasn't even sure that was who I was thinking of. But yep, the one that worked with me at Hot Topic for a while, Alex Levesque. Yeah. Yeah, Alex Levesque. Yeah. Before we take this two week spring break, we are going to talk about one of Josh's most anticipated albums of the year. Ghost. Impera. Impera. So this is an album drop episode. This So this album just came out on Friday. And, uh, you know, it's been very hotly anticipated because it was supposed to come out. Um, it was well. So if the pandemic never happened, this album would have come out in 2020. Really? And then, yeah. And then, um, yeah, because they did like they did that show in Mexico that was like right before Corona like took off. And that was the show where like they came on stage and took the like took Papa off stage and a new Papa came on. Like it was a whole a whole thing. Uh, and so they were like getting ready for the album transition. And then uh, COVID happened. And then in October 2020, uh, Tobias said that. Uh, the the album would be coming out winter, um, winter twenty twenty, or winter twenty twenty one, yeah, and then uh, that didn't happen. They didn't even actually even go into the studio until January of twenty twenty one. So, I thought you said the album was done before that. I thought it was until I did my research for this. So, I supposed to say, did Hunter's Moon get recorded long ago, and they just decided to throw it into the Halloween movie? Well, so that's what I thought, and that's what I thought he said. But I found uh, he said, uh, like the quote. I I have uh, quotes from Tobias for almost all of these songs. He uh, he is the the Scooby Doo version of um, Dan from The Wonder Years. <laughs> but he <laughs> um, he said that he wrote it specifically for Hunter's Moon. So for I Halloween. guess not. 
But I mean, it's not a lot of thematic diversity in the Halloween franchise, with the exception of one movie. Uh, yes. The best Halloween movie. three, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, he's always trying to kill his sister, or always. if she is his sister or isn't his sister, depending on which way you go in that. Franchise. Which way we are in the lore, yeah. So. Um, it's probably relatively easy to to write um, some. I mean, the song like doesn't really need to even go with Halloween. It's just as a sick song. Yeah. But let's wait till we get to that song. Yeah. No more talking about it. All right. We don't need to do a history on us on this because we already did a ghost album. I mean, most of what I was going to say is just what I already said is that we've been waiting for it for a long time. I've been very excited for it. Um, that's pretty much it really so any um, album info uh this is their fifth album and it came out on friday and um it's already getting so obviously there aren't i don't know any numbers but it is already getting uh pretty solid reviews so and i'm sure that the community that has been complaining for a long time about ghosts getting poppier and poppier and how they're not metal uh, is very pissed off about this album. But I don't know for sure. I haven't, I don't really dive into those uh, negative reviews. Most of those people are no longer in like the ghost subreddits and stuff um, because they're they're They don't, they don't care enough anymore. So because that was so many albums ago. They're not Scooby-Doo music anymore. Wish they were. Let's get into the album. Cool. Track one, Imperium. We don't need to listen to a lot of that. It's pretty much all the same. I thought it was pretty effective. Effective intro. Eh, out of all their intros and instrumentals, I was not blown away by blown away by this one. Were you disappointed that there wasn't like so there are there are a handful of instrumental tracks on here, but they're more like they're either intros to the song after them or like it. Well, I think they're all kind of well, maybe one of them is like an interlude, but then the other ones are uh, intros to the song before after them, which I'm glad that. I'm glad that they they did make them separate tracks because that like this one is good, but it's a little long for an intro Being part of a song to be part of the next song. But are, were you bummed that there weren't any like long, like full length intro, instrumental songs on this album? I, maybe, but I'll like be honest, asthma? right? I'll be honest right now. In the past, I've enjoyed their instrumentals. I didn't enjoy any of the instrumentals on this album. Yeah. So if this is the way they're going instrumentally, I would not have wanted a full length song. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully the thought is, is that they knew that they were just making intros. So that's why they're not as like epic as like Miasma or, or Genesis off their first album. Um, I actually don't, there's not like a long form uh, instrumental song on uh, Meliora either. Yeah. Devil Church is totally like just an intro to he is. So okay. Yeah. Track two. How do I say this? Kisarian. Kis- 
Kaiserion. Oh, yeah, they say it a million times. Okay, first off, can you just play the intro to that song? Can you play the Axl Rose part? Like the very beginning? Yeah, when he comes in. Okay. I hate that. You hate it? Yes. Oh my god. Oh man. I'm gonna be honest right now. I'm so back back and forth on this album. There's songs I really love and songs I really hate. And this is ones that I was like, this sounds like something that would be off. I mean, it's 80s rock. It sounds kind of like Guns N' Roses. It's a Greek history lesson. So that's cool. Uh just not really into this song it was a little disappointing with how excited i was for this album and for the first song to be right in my face even the guitar shreds seemed lacking in comparison to stuff that they've done on their last two albums yeah i thought this this you know i think that this was um more simplistic than some stuff that they've done but uh i don't know i feel like it hits pretty it like it hits it hits your pretty hard like it's a, it's a relatively fast song right out the gate I don't know. I, I uh, maybe I was a little bit more hyped for it because it's like what they opened the show with on their most recent tour. I can imagine um, that would make it a little better. It just reminded yeah. me of the old the movie Heavy Metal, the cartoon like metal movie. Yeah. Um, I do. I do. Lo- I do love that. Uh, so I'll, I'll read this. This what what the song's about here. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious what it's about. It's like a. What hippo? What's hippadia? Yeah, like it's a whole like history lesson on what happened there. Yeah, I just well, I, I'm explaining it for you and for the for the listeners oh, okay. as well. So, and I love that they can take this like '80s metal song that's about like history and religion. It's got it's it's a wild thing. So, uh, there was a building called Caesarion in in ancient Alexandria. Roughly, what happened was that the teacher and philosopher Hypatia. Uh, was murdered by Christians. She was molested and murdered inside the building because of her pagan beliefs, uh, because she was a believer in science and real things. This was at the beginning stages of Christianity when it was just an insane cult before it got the mandate of a book put together by Romans in 325 to harness that shit. This is a, this I'm reading a quote here. Yeah. Uh, this is like an underground group of terrorists basically who couldn't stand to see some female smart ass preaching or telling people that the world wasn't flat and it didn't happen at the same time, but they also burned down the big library in Alexandria, which must have been an enormous, enormous loss for, for mankind in terms of knowledge and historic accounts. There you go, for the greater good. I think it's a nice symbol for what we can see now. You can see likenesses of it in public book, book burnings, stoning and killing and everything that doesn't match with a sort of flat earth reality that some people live in or storming the Capitol or wanting to hang people. It's a symbol for those sorts of movements that are always targeting smart uh, smartness and enlightenment and thinking. Um, and he says, uh, there's another quote. It's a lot of the same stuff, but he says like, um, destroying something. You don't understand with a frantic smile on your face. 
I mean, that's so that pretty. Was, there's a lot of like, uh, there's uh, this whole album is like a response to like religion and science denial that comes out of religious people. Like, and it's, you know, starts off here with your first full length song and just continues um, throughout. So to, to get an idea of what is going to happen throughout this album, I like 80s music. I like 80s metal and I like 80s pop, but hair metal is not my thing completely. And this song kind of sounds like a hair metal song. Yeah. Because like you'll see later, there are some 80s influences I love that they do. But yeah, I think. Yeah. And this song um, might grow on me because it's like I've listened to it three times now. And the third time I was questioning if I don't like it as much. Well, so I um, this song was released. This was the song I was saying was released on a. Like if you order this other version of the album, you get you an extra song, it. and I found it. So I've been jamming it for a bit longer too. Um, and at that point, I was just like excited for a new ghost song. So I'm, 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 get, I'm definitely getting fueled by a different thing than than you are. And I probably appreciate glam metal more than you do. Uh, so yeah, that probably. Obviously, also um, paints a paints a picture a little bit differently there's one there's definitely one song that's specifically glam metal he even says that and then but honestly in some respects some 80s metal is the same thing with just different a little slightly different window dressing but anyway um <laughs> all right yeah, ready for the next one that's all i got yeah all right so track three spillways these choruses are so long okay can you play the intro to this song yeah <laughs> this one surprised me all right that's all i needed it's a sped up version of cold as ice by foreigner oh my god yeah it is okay that's that's all I'm saying. And also I love this song. And I was, cause I was really disappointed with the first or the track two. I was like, yeah. Oh no, am I not going to like this ghost album? Josh is going to be so mad, <laughs> but this so let song me, let, I love. Let me just hit the, uh, the listeners with the, the intro to cold as ice. It's just super sped up version of that. Um, but the guitar solos fit perfectly into this one. The lyrics are awesome. Like, I was so happy. I was like, oh, God, OK, I'm back into this album. Yeah. No, and I said the same thing. I was like, this could easily be like, this is the same like 80s rock spirit, but this is more like Journey 
which yeah. Journey and Foreigner, Journey Foreigner sticks that that AOR rock, the adult oriented rock. You know, it's like not quite tough enough to be to be hair metal. You know, like yeah, pop popier. Um, yeah, and he, he actually so he said um, that. Uh, in spillways, we have a f- very internalized pressure that builds to the next song, which is a distant call that ends up being a voice in your head. The insulated person who's being communicated with from a higher power. It's that's loosely how we move geographically between these these songs. Um, it it leads it if the leads remind you of Brian May, that's because I like stacking solos and adding harmonies, which automatically puts you in Brian May territory. Brian May is in I know the name. I can't think of it. Queen? Is that Brian May? I'm going to cut this out if I'm wrong. Oh, good. Yeah, it's a curly-haired guy from Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. But yeah, this song was sick. I was so happy this was so good. Because, like, we have friends that have been posting about this, like, Alex Ball sent me an image of him getting the vinyl a little early and like that him jerk. posting how much he, <laughs> I still haven't got mine yet. Even mine's sitting at culture clash waiting for me to go pick it up. I ordered mine from Newberry comics. It's like the smoky one. Yeah. And it hasn't even shipped yet, but. Oh man. I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be the first ghost album. I didn't like, but the song saved it automatically for me. Well, there was another song that made me real worried about this album. It's. I think it's one of my favorite songs. If I know which song you're talking about, so we'll get to that. I'm that honestly. That doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, track four. Call me a little sunshine. Nope, that's cold as ice. <laughs> God dang it! I didn't look. At, apparently, didn't look close enough when I was uh, setting up the the time here. I'm gonna leave that in because that's hilarious. So my original thought on this song was it's I was like, it's OK when if you know how it was one of the early drops. Yeah. Second and single. like I, I, I think I like it more after reading the lyrics and realizing how much it's about it's Crowley, like the whole yeah, thing about Crowley and it's about Satan. Yeah. I mean, most of the songs are about Satan. their songs, but, but calling Satan little sunshine is kind of funny because <laughs> he's the morning star, you know, I still it's not skippable, but it's a mass song for me by Ghost. Um, yeah, so this song, when I first heard it, I thought this might be like the least lyrically cl- complex song they've ever written. Yeah, there's not much to it. But um, like musically, I still think even though it's like this is a perfect example of like not working smarter not harder like this song is not complex at all but he writes good melodies and um i do like it but 
I was like, I'm like so in love with some of the other songs on this album that it makes it, it's like, like what we've said with other stuff on other albums. It's a good album on a, it's a good out. It's a good song on an album with like great songs or better songs. Um, definitely not my least favorite. And I wouldn't skip it. I like it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't skip it either, but it, it blows my mind that it was the second drop. Cause I mean, they should have dropped spillways first. I think they wanted to surprise people. Oh, that's true. You the, don't want to give thing, all your the thing that I will say about the two song the two songs that they dropped, neither one of them was a surprise. Neither one of them sounded anything different than like anything that they've done in the last like two albums. Um like they fit the progression that we've seen from them. Um Well, I don't know. Hunter's Moon when it dropped is the best one of the best ghost songs I've ever heard. Well no, but I know, but it still sounds like a ghost song. Yeah, like it sounds like what we've already heard. Um, which uh, is it? Uh, no, we're not there yet. Okay, so very quickly, um, he said that this song is similar to Cerise, um, in the sense that you have this betraying hand that leads you into the night, pretending to have the torch in the other, just like Cerise was like, "Hey, follow me," but I'm actually like gonna lead you astray. Um, this is, you know, the devil doing that, I guess. Um, he said, it's interesting uh, because we've placed ourselves in the devil's corner pop culturally. So it becomes this paradox. Myself and the other peddlers in the extreme metal world use a lot of biblical or diabolical references. And up until recently, we felt like we were doing it uh, with a distance from history. Like this was in the old world, but when people were stupid but no this is real this is now so just like another reference to like hey we're talking about how dumb people are right now and how people are being led astray right now which you know the last album was like thematically set during the plague so we're like this is a big jump into the future here um yeah that's it all right trek trek five hunter's moon Even with it being out for so long already, this song just kills it. And the the synthesizers, Rips. the chorus, the whole it, it just feels like the production is a hundred times better on this song than any other song on the album, too. Yeah. So like we said before, this is this was this has been out for a while because it was uh on the Halloween Kills soundtrack. Um but yeah, I mean, it's a catchy song. The main rift is very like in Ghost's Wheelhouse. There's yeah. a there's a type of riff that they really like that you hear that sim a similar sound to like makes me think a lot of like like Square Hammer, like very similar riffs to Square Hammer. There's another song on this album that has like almost that same riff, and I can't remember which one it is now, but um and yeah, he said, but he said that uh, this was specifically written for Halloween Kills, which I thought was different than I thought that wasn't the case. Um, and he just says that, like, it's um, 
written inside the brain of a maniac. I'm coming to get you because you belong to me. Can't you see I'm doing this as an act of love? Yeah. yeah. Love the song, of course. Yeah, no, it's great. I didn't, I didn't have anything else to say on this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this. I feel like this is a fair one to just be like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Track six, Watcher in the Sky. This is a straight fucking 80s metal song, and I love it so much. This might be my favorite song on the album. I have some things. One, I love the song, too. But, well, first off, the guitars are killing it in this song. The guitars are out of control, and they sound great. And I love the way it's sung. But you were talking earlier about a song that had, like, no lyrical, like, oomph. Like, the lyrics of the song are so, like... I don't know. It's like two paragraphs he wrote that he just repeats over and over. You Lyrically, leave his... it's a boring song, but the song is awesome. In the you leave his love letter to 80s Kiss and Dio alone. It's still a sick song. Don't get me wrong. It's one of my favorites on the album. I just think it's not his best lyrically. Oh, I mean, sure. maybe it's because yeah. the chorus is kind of bland. The let's repeat searchlights a million times. Yeah, no, I put this on and and Mike like lit up immediately and he's like, this sounds like it's off Creatures of the Night, which is <laughs> Kiss's album from 1982. I also realized that 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 the the chugging pattern that they do um is like almost identical to a Dio song off of Holy Diver, Caught in the Middle, which nice. I which is also a song I love and I was just like, hell yeah. Um I love that spooky shit before the second verse. It's like a whining and there's like some uh, it's it's cool. I like it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you that there's not much to the lyrics. The the little bit of the lyrics that's not Watchers in the Sky is cool. Um, I didn't get it at first, but then when you hear him say what the song is about, it like kind of clicks in. Um so and he said that this this uh this is the same kind of thing about like flat earth society members. Like the narration is calling upon the scientific community to use whatever science we have here within this empire to stop looking at the stars and look for God instead. Can we reverse the tools that we have to watch the stars to communicate with the Lord? And is there any way to scientifically prove that the world is actually flat? Because it looks awfully flat from where we're standing. It's a song about regression, about like denying science and like, having outdated beliefs which i'm like there's i can't remember there's a couple of the lyrics that aren't the searchlights part um are like oh yeah they're like can we i don't know i don't have it pulled up so i couldn't tell you but i mean my last get... note on this was if they had better lyrics to the song this would be my favorite song on the album because instrumentally the song is so sick yeah I mean, I think just because it sounds so specific to something I was looking for from them, I, that's why I like it so much. Um, but I, I understand uh, where you're coming from. Um, oh, I this 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 part. Um, it's kind of like um, 
when he you know how people are there's conspiracy theorists like talking about uh you know f- the one world order and in the uh or the new world order and um blood you know famous or like families running the world from behind the scenes like he has this uh, the the kaleidoscopian visions we've seen tell of bloodlines of top notch the the predestinated will dispatch while your realm is rotted on our watch we don't talk about the illuminati yeah they they probably heard great show's canceled now All right, Trek it. 7, Dominion. That's enough. I wish you guys could see the way Danny's eyes rolled into the back of his head. <laughs> a minute and a half instrumental. That's that slow for the most part and it would be cool if it was just the score to a horror movie because that's what it sounds like but between this and the next song i i this is not what i want yeah this um i said it's fine um it sounds like keyboard horns to me and not like real horns and i said it would have been better if it was real horns i think um he said this is a segue where we go outside to the city, outside the city to see this vast landscape, meadows and all that. So you see another part of the empire. It's meant to sound majestic, uh, like some of those space movies like Dune. I mean, like I said, it'd be cool on a score. But uh, I have high opinions of scores, so yeah, that's true. All right. Track eight, 20s. 20s You hate this song, don't you? I don't hate it. It might be my least favorite ghost song that I've ever heard, though. Whoa. <laughs> That's this actually is... not saying that much because I've pretty much universally loved everything Ghost has put out since I've heard heard them. So was Tobias into musical theater at any point in his life? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, this song is a Broadway song. Like you yeah. can just imagine people dancing to this and like acting it out on stage. It's a very odd song. This seems completely insane, but it makes sense. And I kind of love it. The lyrics remind me of something system of a down would have done. The guitar solo is sick. Yeah. It might be one of my favorite songs on this track of this album. Yeah. So before I heard the song, I read two things about it and both of them scared me. The first one was that he says, this the vibe 20s has a vibe of slayer meets some sort of missy elliott thing i can see that and then the second thing that i heard is that it has a reggaeton beat which Mm -hmm. it does oh that's what you were talking about the last episode (laughs) yeah and so it's interesting it is not 
the music that I don't like. It's the vocal performance. Do you not like the the twenties? <laughs> I also don't like the like white guy rap thing he's doing. Like yeah. a little bit. Um you know, but the thing is, is that uh, as much as I don't like that part of it, I I like a lot of the lyrics. I don't like the like Mula and Chula. Like, come on. Um, and but at the same time, this song so much fits in the personality that we've come to expect from Papa. Like it doesn't surprise me that the character Papa Emeritus four would be writing a song like this. Cause he's a yeah. shit hawk. Like, and that's part of his appeal. Um, like he's, this is, this is totally the spirit of like the kind of banter that he has with the crowd at a show. I mean, this is, this is a guy like they do a acoustic of he is at a, at a, at a, um, at like a, a in record in store and he's playing the kazoo for the solo, you know, like it, it makes, it's like a silly, it makes sense that he'd be doing silly songs. Just don't fill your album with them. And we're cool. Like, um, like, but I, I actually like the way they pulled off a like metal reggaeton beat like that. I like, it's just the like hip, the like white guy hip hop thing he's trying to do that I don't love, but I'm sure like, it's funny because as much as I don't like certain elements of this song, what was I doing all weekend? I was going in the twenties, twenties, yeah. like, and I'm like, and I hated it. It's like an earworm, but yeah, this song does get stuck in your head. Um, yeah. So here, I'll give you a, a, a do you have anything else to say about it? Um, I do say, want to say, I kind of I knew you weren't gonna like it. My note says I feel like Josh probably thinks of this song the way I thought I thought of Money Pit, or is, what's that song where he shoots money into the crowd? Oh, Mummy Dust, yeah, Mummy Dust, not Money Pit. Well, Mummy Dust was also kind of like a departure for them. Um, like but I like this on the one album versus on, Money yeah. Dust. Yeah, <laughs> Mummy Dust. Um, it's funny because in his quote about it, he actually talks about Money Mummy Dust. Uh, <laughs> so I have two quotes from him. He says. This song is super has super aggressive lyrics. It's very hostile. It's meant as a it's still meant as a pep talk, but it's basically demeaning and openly hating anyone who's listening. It promises only air, but poisoned air, and it's yet it still wraps up wraps it up as a gift, as someone you should say thank you uh, as something you should say thank you for, which is a lot a lot like a lot like a lot of the bullshit we've been seeing in the past couple of years. Um, and then he said. This is a machine disguised as a leader talking to liberal persons because we need their manpower, but without them, there is no society. So it's it's this cheer about the 20s saying that it will lead to even more hopeful 30s, but 1990s style or 1900 style. It's meant to uh, people hope uh, if you're bent that way, it's similar to our song Mummy Dust in that both are primarily aggressive and have an element of greed. I do like that he takes a, he takes a um, shot at trump in this song though wait what's so, the shot what did grabbing I them all by the hoo-hahs yes i do remember that okay um, which i don't like that lyric but i'll take it all right track nine darkness at the heart of my love
Thoughts? I don't like this song. Really? But I do. It's not really liking the song, but I imagine the Nameless Ghouls doing like a doo-wop snap dance. I don't like the snaps in the beginning. That's the one thing I don't (laughs) like about it. This is a very 80s rock ballad. Um, It's not blowing me away. The song is about the, I think it's about the dark side of being a Jesus lover or acting like a good person, but having very judgmental undertones. Yep. That's exactly what it's about. This is about people promoting all of these values under the guise of being God-fearing and righteous when when they practice none of it. It's just for cash and power. So I listened to it a few times. I didn't like it, or I think I listened to it twice. But when you were just playing it now, maybe it's because you skipped over the snaps. But I was like, I don't remember hating this as much now. I feel like the vocal melodies are really good. Like he wrote, he wrote a catchy, like sing-alongable chorus, which he's pretty good at. So yeah, um, I like it. It's uh, I don't know where, where it would rank. It's one of the I like. There's I like a lot of the other songs more than this one. It's probably towards the bottom of the ones I like, but I I do like it. I'm I'm probably more pa- partial to this kind of '80s. Uh, rock ballad too so i did put a uh van hagar song on my love mix so yeah (laughs) um that's yeah that's that's it we kind of covered it track 10 griftwood This is your Hollywood rock glam metal song. You might, if you don't like it, you might like it more when you hear what it's about. I don't like it. And (laughs) I know this album has some wild and different instrumental techniques, but the verses have almost an indie rock guitar vibe. Can you play one of the verses? Yeah. like the palm muted guitar there yeah see that sounds like that sounds like hair metal to me oh well i didn't like it and i know the lyrics are darker and have a like a a darker medium but on surface like listening to it 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 feels like a radio christian rock song i've said that about some ghost songs in the past you know where they border on like like if this was sung a little like by a, like a uh some christian dude it would almost be a christian rock song and changed a few lyrics yeah See, where's the where's the song that so this is I, that like little same exact thing this might be the wrong song bear with me that's coming of age by the damn yankees yep which is Ted Nugent, but it's also Tommy Shaw from Sticks and Jack Blades from Night Ranger. So, yeah, Ted Nugent's only one number one hit came with that group because he he had to assemble a super group to to get a number one hit. Um, 
Uh, so this, so yeah, I I really like this song. I but I like glam metal, so hair, hair metal. Um, so he said, uh, this song is about Mike Pence, and anyone oh. like him, anyone and anyone like him who's willing to soil everything they've worked for. Uh, they definitely qualify for a front row ticket to hell, which is so ironic because that's what they believe in. People like that completely demean themselves and just eat shit out of someone's ass in order to achieve whatever they're trying to achieve. Uh, again, he stands as a symbol for people of all times where the end game is wrapped with some sort of religious thing. Um, he's known as sort of he's known as this sort of Bible thumper, believing that he has strong faith and he's just this awful, awful person in any way. Uh, he tries to tell the world that he serves God and he's part of the good side, whereas at the end of the day, the only thing he wants is power. But it doesn't have to necessarily be all about him. It's about people like him, a lot of politicians, a lot of preachers, a lot of clergymen throughout the history of time. And then he also said, uh, I, lo I love Hollywood rock like Van Halen and Motley Crue, and it just just feels fitting to have a uplifting track towards the end of the record. Musically, one thing that inspired more Sunstrip. Musically, one thing that inspired the more sunset strip elements of the song was knowing that it was going to throw you off with a really long curveball that felt something felt like something no sunset strip band has ever done. And that enabled the more glossy bits to be even more in line with traditional elements of early 80s sunset strip. Uh, and I think he's talking about that that like Mother Mary part in the middle of the song. It's kind of like you almost it almost morphs into another song for a whole verse. Yeah. So this might be one of those that I have to just hear over and over. Well, it doesn't surprise me though. Like I've, I, I, uh, you like the entire time I've known you, like I've been way more into that kind of stuff than you. If, if yeah. you're into it at all, I not really though, but like, and so when I hear, Oh, there's a song that's like hair metal. Like, I'm not surprised that you're like, mm, it's not my favorite, you know? Like, so I had a customer last weekend who it was an older guy that looked like a knockoff of Mike's pen, Mike Pence, his <laughs> wife and like five kids. They were all wearing suits and they kept referring to the, the wife and the husband kept referring to each other as mother and father to the kids like Woof. and to each other. And I was like, oh, that's funny. People are weird. Like he was calling her mother, which was weird to me. <laughs> All right, track 11, Bite of a Passage. No A, just Bite of Passage. Bite, oh, okay. So this song is just an intro to Respite on the Spitalfields, which is the next song. Until I so when I was listening to it in my car when the album first came out, I literally didn't even realize it was separate tracks. I just thought it was <laughs> the intro to the same song. My note is this is boring, but I could see how it leads up to the next song. And I bet live it's really like if they played this just before playing the next song, you're like, ooh, like that'd be fun. But yeah. At this moment, no. Well, that kind of, that stuff always comes off better at uh, at live shows. Yeah, like, so man, when they play Cerise, they they do this thing. Um, 
that where like one guitarist is on one side of the stage and the, and the other is on the other and they have spotlights on they do like a there's like um like reverb from the from the um like the keyboards or whatever just playing and then they're both like slow they're doing like a ba dueling banjos thing with the riff from cerise before it starts like real slow before it breaks into the song and it's long but it's like cool it's really cool so yeah just an intro bite of passage is kind of a cool play on rite of passage yeah if this was like leading into a song about a vampire but it's not so Track 12, Respites on the Spittlefields. We're not doing the whole chorus. It's long. <laughs> I had to do those. I had to do those still ah, because I love them. And I, I feel like that's something I wouldn't normally like. But man, they just even f like from the first play, I was like, OK, yeah, I like that. That's cool. I find them kind of funny. I do love them. But I can imagine just doing it all the time now. Like I'm feeling dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I totally see it, like just like with 20s, I, I see it like. It's it's Papa being a ding dong, you know, it's like not like a serious sound. It's like him being silly. Can you play the beginning of the song? Yeah. OK. So that's Duran Duran. <laughs> what song? It's. No, it's just exactly how Duran Duran sounds. It doesn't actually oh, copy. Yeah. So automatically. It sounds I love like it. something to me, too, but it's not. I couldn't place it in time to get like a, a example. Um, I love this song. And I, I mean, one, it's about Jack the Ripper. Hell yeah. It's a slow jam about Jack the Ripper. And it does sound like 80s Duran Duran rock song, which I love Duran Duran. And the pre-chorus is fantastic. <laughs> and the. Yeah exasperated gasps are awesome <laughs> love it um well the, the cool thing is that this is about like how jack the ripper you know instead of just i'm just going to read what he said instead of paraphrasing what he said in my own words but i think it's cool you know so he said Jack Ripper did the people of the Spitalfields in that part of london an enormous disfavor because he was never caught which meant even though he had technically stopped killing at some point they were never sure uh that he was going to well, uh, like if he was not going to do it again and then so for a long time there must have been fear especially among women that it could happen again because you don't know where he is you don't know where he's hiding you don't know what happened so it's not even like it's not even about jack the ripper it's about like what jack the ripper's legacy did to the people like after like just the the threat of jack the ripper in the in the aftermath um which is kind of wild um there's a part in the middle of the song that sounds like remind it has like a like keyboards like light keyboards and like some bass and it's it reminds me of uh no more tears by ozzy 
I could see that. It's not exactly the same, but it had like as it had like a similar vibe. Just that that, uh, especially the parts where like Ozzy's not singing, where the you're just hearing the keyboards and the bass and like nothing else. Um, and I really love that it returns to the. We get a reprise of the riff from the, from Imperium, like it. So the album like comes full circle on itself. I don't think I noticed that, but that is cool. Yeah, here, let me show you. Okay. Yeah, I like it a lot. And like as an ending, it's 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 cooler. It it hits different and in a better. It doesn't feel like this. Like okay, let's get to the song. It's like oh, this is like this kind of like epic end to this this cool song about Jack the Ripper. So that's the album. I loved it. I only. There's only one song that I didn't love and I still have stuff that I appreciate about it and I will probably not skip it most of the time. So I think it's a good album, but it's not my favorite ghost album. Yeah, I I broke it down here. There's 12 tracks, three instrumentals. I don't like five songs. I really, really love two songs. I didn't like two May songs giving this album a seven overall. Just because there's like, I mean, there's five songs that are just epic and then the rest I could almost do without. Yeah, I'm giving it an eight. It mostly lived up to my expectations and I kind of um, I kind of expected this like I so I know enough about like the band and what like Tobias is saying in interviews that like all of the musical references and that we hear in this uh, album, like, Oh yeah, no, I know that he likes that band that that song sounds like. Um, And I feel like we've, he's been slowly like album by album becoming more, more and more poppy. So for him to go full on, like, you know, eighties metal, like the, the period of where metal wasn't tough, like not like glam metal wasn't tough, but then even like, the metal that wasn't glam metal wasn't really tough either, you know, (laughs) Um, you know, like which image and see the light on on prequel are also like straight eighties metal songs like, like that. So it, it, it totally makes sense to me. I wish they would have had my one wish for the album is that maybe there would have been one more song that felt a little bit more like old ghost, maybe like just like a harder song, like, like something like faith or, pinnacle to the pit like something like that with a, like a d riff yeah you don't really get that um that's okay but that's like if i could change one thing that's what i would change all right this is yeah. the first time i think i've given a lower score than you well, maybe not no pr- probably <laughs> i, I might have been i might have gave a higher score to like the rolling stones album than you did maybe hard to say Usually, I don't know the album. If like if one of us doesn't know the album, I feel like usually it's me. Yeah. So you're just more well traveled than me. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is it time for woo, 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 weekly rewind? Yes, sir. All right. I got a few, but I'm just gonna say them real quick. Go ahead. Destroy, rebuild. 
Until drugs God shows. Yeah, drugs dropped a new song, Satellites and something. I don't have my thing fully. Satellites in motion. I like it. Um, I only know Sex Life, but I love that song. That just came in the mail today because I pre-ordered it. Nice. That first album. I'm very excited about that. Um, Imagine Dragons has a song called Bones. I don't love it, but I like it more than most Imagine Dragons songs. Well, that's not hard. Imagine Dragons is trash. I know. Black Keys dropped a new song, Wild Child, and I like it. Yeah, uh, on mine too. I don't love a lot of country, but I do love the new Orville Pack. I like Orville Pack to begin with. Yeah. And his new song, The Curse of the Black End. Oh, I got to scroll over. Black and Die <laughs> is a sweet one. Flogging Molly dropped a new song, These Times Have Got Me Drinking, Tripping Up the Stairs. Why the just, hell wasn't that my release radar? It's good, and it's just in time for St. Patrick's Day hell this yeah. week. Ripper. Um, Alexis on Fire dropped a song, Sweet Dreams of Otherness. It's pretty good. And then Brandon Boyd of Link, <clears throat> not Lincoln Park, <laughs> of uh, Incubus. It's his solo project. He dropped a whole album, which I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but I like the song A Better Universe. And then a weird one, and I don't love the song, but I wanted to mention it, is Dua Lipa did a song with Megan the Stallion. I love it. I love I, it. I love Dua Lipa's parts, but I'm not 100% behind Megan's, Megan's parts. But I still like the song. That's why it's on my weekly rewind. You love that song? I do. Yeah, that's good. Nice. Um, the only thing I have to add, because I had Black Keys and Sweetest Pie in mind, uh, is you know I like Meet Me at the Altar and they came out with an acoustic EP. Did they? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, if you like Meet Me at the Altar, it's good. So I mean, I've seen them twice now because they just happen to be at opening at shows and they're fun. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I it's didn't. I, uh, I, I didn't have as much time to dive into new songs this week anyway. So. Yeah, but. you've been busy. You've been a busy boy. Oh no, that I take that back. I have one more other th- one other thing. So, you know, I've been talking about Glacier Veins songs recently. Um, and Glacier Veins actually also had a new album drop um on Friday as well. And their new album is called Lunar Reflection. Um I saw but- that at the record store and I was like, I should buy this because I'm gonna go see them with you, or you're playing yeah. that show. But I was like, I should just buy it at the show if they've got it, because that would give the band, you know, all that money. Right. Yeah, but I was thinking about if they had it on vinyl. Um, it's on I vinyl. About, no, because... I'm saying, but if the band was selling it on vinyl, like at the show, I was probably going to pick it up. Yeah. So. So, yeah, yeah. we're going we're gonna to take right. a two week break, listeners. We're going to miss you. But when we come back, we've got a fun one. We're doing a cover song episode, our favorite cover songs. Excited. <laughs> Stoked. I already have like, I already know at least like in this moment, I got three in my head already. I don't have any yet, but I have two weeks to work on it. So <laughs> one of the songs um, I actually heard because it was a gr- from, by an artist that I liked as a child. Um, I knew the the cover before i knew the original and it's a very famous original song and it like totally screwed me up because i and i still like the the cover version better but what is it or you want to wait yeah i'll wait i was okay. trying to be i was trying to be coy on purpose so. oh okay 
All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. It's time to flip the record over. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore side pod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by Former Critics. <laughs>